Welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. Welcome to church. Last week I started talking about I started talking about change. And I said that change is a prerequisite for growth. It's a prerequisite for success and it's a prerequisite for progress. And that every change that we desire on the outside begins with a change on the inside. And that we don't truly change outside unless we have been changed inside. Last week we talked about overcoming feelings. How that the change that we desire is a change that happens inside. And because it happens inside, sometimes we don't really focus on it. Sometimes we... We focus on the outside. We want to see what's happening on the outside. So we, we, we measure our change by what has happened outside and then forget what has happened inside. So we are focused on the outside rather than on the inside. But true change happens inside. True change happens inside. It doesn't happen on the outside. All right? So when we, when we want to measure change, the parameters we use to measure change is on the outside, on the inside. So sometimes we look at people and we say to them, oh, this person has, has, has moved on, has gone forward because, oh, probably he just bought a new car or he just got a new house or something. And we determine by that action that the person has, has moved on and has gone forward. But true change does not happen unless there is an inner desire for change. So it has to come from inside. So any change given to a person on the outside is only temporary. True change comes from inner conviction. It has to come from the inside. And any help that is being offered to you on the outside can only give you a temporary relief experience. Meaning that you can only experience relief the, the, if someone, if a, if a change that happens to you is the change that happens on the outside, it's temporary. Okay, the true change, the one that really matters, the one that actually works is the one that happens on the inside. All right, so true change comes from inner conviction. For true change to happen, one must look deep into the fabric of the human spirit. And then from there, you engineer the elements of one's own makeup and design to create a permanent change experience. What I mean by that is that for you to experience true change, you need to look deep down inside the human spirit. From there, you begin to engineer the, the design that God has designed you, 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 you with and, and bring up all the elements of your own human makeup. And then from there, you begin to create a permanent experience. You look inside, not outward. 
Someone says, oh, I need to change status. I need to change uh, my kind of experiences. And what the person does is go, goes ahead to get, get a new shoe, get a new, a new, a new dress, get a new, a new house, get a new car. Those things are on the outside, all right? There are changes on the outside. But the true change happens on the inside. The person can go ahead and borrow money and buy all those things. Alright? And we will look at it from the outside that, ah, this person has changed. But if I sit down and work on the inner elements, my, my innermost being, the design that God has designed me for, and I begin to work on that, and from there, I get an idea. And that idea begins to give me maybe 50 or 100,000 every month. And then it takes me three months or four months and then I buy a new shoe. And then I buy a new clothes. What has happened? I have changed, but the change started from inside. That change is a more permanent change. So that's why I'm saying that any change that you desire has to come from inside. For it to be permanent, it has to come from inside. But if it comes from outside, it will only give you a temporary relief experience. For that moment, you will have consolation. Oh, I just bought a new shoe. I just bought a new house. I just bought a new wristwatch. And then by the time you start to pay back the bills, it now starts to hit you. So that change is no longer permanent. It's temporary. Okay? So what we're talking about here is that there are certain elements that are required for true change to happen. And one of them is what we spoke about last week. Get, get the message and listen to it. We talked about overcoming feelings. Today, I want to zero in on one particular one. The second one. There are three of them I'm going to talk about on three Wednesdays. Today, I want to talk about developing creativity. Developing creativity. Developing creativity. Now, once you achieve this state of permanent uh, uh, experience, it becomes impossible to reverse the outcome. And such outcome can be replicated many times over, even when the outward manifestations are taken away. If you have this permanent change experience the outcome that happens you can replicate it over again if if i want to have a change of status and i go i borrow money from the bank and borrow money from everywhere and then i, I buy a new house and buy a new shoe and buy a new car and do all sorts of things yes i've changed status outwardly but inwardly i haven't changed any status by the time I pay back or I begin to pay back and certain things happen to me and then maybe I cannot pay back and then I'm stuck. What it has only given me is a temporary relief experience. But if I engineer the human spirit and the things that God has put inside of me by design to achieve that change from the inside first and then it begins to show up on the outside. If anything happens and those things are taken from me, I can replicate that experience again. That's what I'm saying. I can replicate that experience again. Even if it's taken from me. Why? Because the change started from inside. It didn't start from outside. Alright? It started from inside. So I can replicate it. Most people want to... They want to change how they behave. We've seen it many times before. Somebody wants to, wants to um, um, change and then he says, okay, you know what? I'm going to start dressing like a particular person 
Maybe you have a, a role model, a mentor that you have ahead of you and you say, oh, I like the way this person is. So I'm going to dress like the person. You are changing on the outside, but not on the inside. We've seen people who say, oh, I'm going to start talking in a particular way because this person talks like this. So because the person talks like this, that is the person's power. That's the person's strength. And then you start talking like that, but you've not really changed. You've only changed on the outside. All right? We've seen it. Um, um, Pastor Adeboye, somebody shout hallelujah. And then we see certain people who want to act like him and begin to say, somebody shout hallelujah. It's not by somebody shout hallelujah. No, there is a change that needs to happen inside of you first. And then when that happens, then you begin to see a result on the outside. Alright? Certain people will say, okay, I want to be like Chris Oyakilome. And then they start coiling their hair. It's not by coiling your hair that makes you, um, you know, carry the power and the grace of God. No. Something has to happen to you inside. So we see that a lot. People copy methods. Methods do not communicate genius. What will happen to you at the end of the day is that you will only be a master copy. And what copy does is that copy goes ahead to hold on for the original. When you want to apply for a job, what they say? Bring a photocopy. Bring a photocopy. When they want to take a decision that matters, they say, bring the original. So at that time, it's whoever has the original that will matter. So when you begin to copy people's method, you cannot communicate authenticity. You cannot communicate originality. So we, 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 we go beyond that. So creativity starts from your, you being original. You have to look inside. There is a design from God. Every human being is unique. Every There is no one person. I said to myself that if God would create every human being and no one person has the same fingerprint, it means that there is an originality about each of us. There is an originality that cannot be replicated. So I'm not concerned that somebody is shining. I'm not concerned that somebody is going forward. That's his time. The day I discover who I am, the day I come to the realization of who Christ has made me to be, I stand out like my fingerprint. And anywhere they stamp it, it will be original. Anywhere I put it, in the whole world, it will not have a replicate. Why? That's how God has designed it. But most of the time, we don't have the patience and time to look deep down into our inner spirit and bring out everything that God has put there. We don't have the time and patience. We don't. So we don't copy methods. We, 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 we go for our innermost spirit and find out, what am I designed for? What has God created me for? And then from there, I begin to engineer my human spirit and begin to bring out the things, the content that God has put inside of me. That is original. No human being on earth can replicate it. Even if they come, they take your, all the, where, the, the notes where you wrote all your ideas. Let them go with it. They cannot replicate what is inside. Because it is from your innermost being. It will regenerate itself again. And it, and it cuts across everywhere. You're, you're a staff, you're a worker in an office. You begin to think like that. I'm not just a worker. I'm not just a staff. I'm a creator of ideas. I'm an original uh, design. I'm an, I'm an original makeup. So where I stand, I create originality. So you're not just a staff or a worker. 
You are a custodian of ideas. You are an originator. The same creative ability that is in God resides in you. So everywhere you find yourself, you begin to engineer that thing to create. You begin to engineer that human spirit to bring out the creative ability in you. That's what happens. So we need to realize that all creative cognitive ability comes from God. Every creative idea comes from God. The Bible says in James, it says every good present and every perfect gift comes from above. The Father of, comes from above, from the Father who made the sun, the moon, the stars. The Father doesn't change like the shifting shadows produced by the sun and the moon. King James Bastion says all good and perfect gifts come from the Father, comes from God, the Father above, in whom there is no shadow of turning or variableness. It comes from God. So, when we say every gift, every perfect gift, every idea comes from God, it means that whatever is to the benefit of humanity, it comes from God. It comes from God. So he gave us an example. He said the sun, the moon, the stars, they come from God. Look at this. The sun, the moon, and the stars, they shine for everyone to see. Whether good or bad. Am I correct? Good. The rain falls on everyone. Whether good or bad. Am I correct? Have you ever gone out and it's raining? And you see someone, it's raining everywhere and you're, you're under the rain and the rain is beating you, but it's not beating someone beside you. And then you ask God, why is he not beating the person beside me? He said, no, that person is not born again, so I'm not giving him rain. This rain is only for born again people. Have you, have you ever seen that before? No. So every good and perfect gift comes from above. So the sun shines on the good. The rain comes on the good as the same way it comes on the bad. That's how God is saying that I've given you creative ideas and creative ability that the things that come out from you should benefit humanity. The things that come out from you should go beyond you. It should benefit humanity. So if man was the creator, I wrote down something, that if man was the creator of sun and that man appears not to be saved, many would argue whether to benefit from it or not. If man was the creator of sun, Believers have been stereotyped and put themselves in a box in such a way that we begin to argue that, ah, this man that created the son, is he born again or not? Should we not partake of the son? You better partake of the son. You better. So we limit ourselves with that kind of thinking that, hey, look, certain things are like this. Certain things are like this. So we cannot benefit from it. Let me ask you a question. You go for an interview, and then they ask you. It's a multinational. And they say, okay, we have seen your value. We would like to pay you $3 million a month. But we just like to let you know that before we pay you, our boss, the owner of this company, is a multinational, is in 15 nations in the world. The owner of this company is a Hindu worshiper. At that point, what will be your reaction? 
started. Exactly, he hissed. What's my business? I'm here to do a job. So, think about it. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. So, these things limit our creative ability. So, when it comes to lesser things, we don't, we don't think through it. We just, we just want to separate ourselves and say, no, we, we are believers. We are just on this, on, this, on this part of the world. No, we can't partake. No. It limits us from being creative. It limits us from looking deep inside and finding out what God has put inside of us and letting that thing find expression. We'll go for the job. We'll, we'll, we'll take the offer. Why? Because, hey, he's way up there. I'm way down here wherever I am. I'm, I'm here to add value or something. So it doesn't concern you at that moment. It, what concerns you is the value you're adding and the input you're making in society. All right? So we need to start giving glory to God for, 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 creative, for creativity that benefits humanity, irrespective of our primitive, limited idea and thought as to if, if the person is born again first. So when we see things... We need to give glory to God for it. I heard of a story of a woman who, who, was, who was sick in the hospital. No, not, not sick. She was, she was going to deliver. And then the doctor said, look, you cannot give birth naturally. We have to do a C-section on you. And then she said, no, I, I, I can't allow that. And I'm going to get my pastor. And then she got the pastor and the pastor came and said, no, 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 no. You have to deliver uh, like the Hebrew women and stuff like that. And then the woman died and the baby died. And I said to myself, it's foolishness. It's outright foolishness. You want to give back like the Hebrew women. Excuse me. Are you living in Hebrew women's time? The kind of exposure, the things they eat, the things they, the kind of life they live. Do, are you living that kind of life? You drink Coke every day and you fill your body with sugar and everything and you're expecting to give back like the Hebrew women? Come on. God has given us wisdom and idea. And giving us doctors as gifts in this time and age. Because he has seen through that we are dying. We can no longer sustain ourselves naturally. So science has come to help us. But we are refusing the help of science all in the name of, of faith. All in the name of faith. So sometimes the things that we think are faith are just mere stupidity, ignorance, ignorance. How do you want to explain? In those times, science, there was no science that would give them space to find expression. No, there was no science. I mean, if somebody was, 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 was if somebody had, somebody's leg was amputated, that person would probably be like that for life till he dies. But today, an amputee can become a president. Why? Science has given him space to find expression. He can get prosthetic legs. He can get prosthetic arms and still do normal things that people do. But those days he cannot. So what will happen? He'll be looking for healing everywhere. He'll be looking for miracles everywhere. But right now it's not so. So if, he's, if his hand is amputated or his leg is amputated, he can go to a hospital to get prosthetic legs and still, be, and still live a normal life. So in those times, science was not there. So healing was, was, was what was preferred. Miracles was what was preferred. But right now we are so primitive. God has given us science. And then we cannot use the science. 
and then we're still chasing the miracles even when we've gotten the science and then the miracles are of no use to us because we no longer think but chase miracles. We no longer think, apply our creative ability but chase miracles and powers everywhere. I'm not saying that miracles and power are not, are not necessary but when it comes, it comes to set you on a course and when it sets you on that course, God expects that wisdom will begin to apply from that time on. Not that every day you wake up, you're looking for miracles and looking for miracles. No. No. So these limiting thoughts, they hinder our expression and they hinder the Holy Spirit from communicating divine truths and hidden riches to us. Because we're tied only to the, super, to the spiritual. We cannot translate what's in the spiritual to the natural. We have everything, equipped with everything by God. Equipped with everything. We have the mind of God. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have the word of wisdom, word of revelation. We have faith. We have the communion. We have everything. All these things are meant to make us equipped so that we can translate spiritual things, bring it into the natural, and make a difference in our world. That's what it's meant to do. I had a story of, a, of, a, of an aeronautic engineer. He was in a bar drinking. A church was somewhere um, beside him, somewhere around him. And the pastor there just got, got filled with the Holy Spirit and was praying and, and, and praying with the church and laying hands on people and getting them filled with the Holy Spirit. And they got filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues. Now this aeronautic engineer was in a bar drinking and then he heard them speaking in tongues. But what he was hearing was the code to a problem they were trying to solve. And he was writing it down. They had a problem in his department in the office. They were trying to solve that problem. They didn't know the information. But these people were praying in the spirit and speaking in tongues. But he was hearing the code and he was writing it down. When he finished, he went back to the, to, 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 uh, to the church and said, there's some people that were saying some things here that they were, they, were, they were releasing the codes for the information of the problem they had in the office. The pastor said, what do you mean? He said, no, we were just praying. He said, no, you don't understand. I was hearing instructions for the aeronautic code and formula on how to solve the problem we're having in the office. I said, no, we're just praying in the spirit. He said, please bring the tape. Was it recorded? They played it. I said, hey, yes, that's it, that's it. And he kept writing. They were speaking in tongues. He's not a believer. They were speaking in tongues. Yes, he said, that's the code. He kept writing, he kept writing. What are we talking about? God has equipped us, but we don't know. We don't know. And that's what science has interpreted as code. So they do programming language and then they communicate machine to machine and they, and they write the code and it comes out in a way, in a natural, you know, they, they write the code for something and then they input the code. And you, when you see the code, it looks like jargons. Speaking in tongues looks like jargons, but we don't know what it is. We don't know what God has given to us. So we limit that ability and then we cannot create. And then we find believers who just... Lays around, no, 
You don't know what you have. It's creative ability. You are creating something. You are making a change. Something is happening. Something is happening. So we're practically locked in a spirit realm. Instead of us taking advantage of the spirit realm to deliver to humanity revolutionary ideas, revolutionary thoughts. Think about it in your life. Some of the times where you, where you made um, a big break or a big breakthrough, you had spent time to pray. You had spent time to study. You were so much into the spirit realm. An idea just dropped and that thing began to work for you. You think it's by mistake. No. When the Bible talks about hidden riches, that's what it's talking about. When it's talking about um, 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 wealth in secret places, that's what it's talking about. Where is God? Read your Bible. What did the Bible say? He's behind the dark tickets of darkness. Where is God? All the equipment we have as believers is meant to get us to that place where when we engage the supernatural, we receive instructions from God. We receive ideas. We receive thoughts. Formidable thoughts. Nobody wants to know whether you speak in tongues. All they want to know is that you can deliver. So your speaking in tongues is meant to help you deliver. Nobody wants to know if you go to church. What they want to know is that you can deliver. So your going to church should help you deliver. If CNN or Al Jazeera or Fox wants to interview you, they're not interviewing you because you are a good boy or a good girl. No, they're interviewing you because your thoughts is shaping the culture. They're interviewing you because your ideas is changing systems. That's, how, that's why they're interviewing you. They're interviewing you because you are, whether it is good or bad, they don't care. All they know is that you have an ideology that is changing the way we live, the way we behave. You have a product, you have a system, you have a concept that God has given to you that is affecting humanity. Then they call you for an interview. They want to know, how are you doing this? They want to know, how is it forming? Where did you get this thought from? Where did you get this idea from? Because it is shaping culture. It's changing the way people live. It's changing the way people behave. But here we are as believers. We are angry and asking ourselves and debating if Mark Zuckerberg or Bill is born again. Is that our concern? Is that our problem? It's low primitive thinking. Is that our problem? Where we ought to have gotten the presence of God and get the cure for cancer. And they will talk. Get in the presence of God. Get the cure for HIV. And they ask you, how did you get it? Oh, I was praying one day and the Lord just showed me. But guess what? Science will sit down and study and research and they will find it. Because it, God, 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 is not, God did not just put it in the realm of the spirit. No. It's also in research. It's also in study. That's why they will find it because it's in research and in study. They'll find it. So when they spend their time, spend millions and millions of dollars doing research, doing, doing study, doing analysis and stuff like that, they will find the cure. But you and I are equipped in such a way that in one hour of prayer, in the presence of God, we can find the cure. So the question is, that thing that you think that God has called you to, what are you doing about it? 
How is it finding expression? How are you using all the resources of heaven? Engineering everything to get it to come out. How? How? You have to develop that creativity. You have to develop it. Genesis chapter 39. From verse 1, it says, Joseph had been taken to Egypt. Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's Egyptian officials and captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. He said, the Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. He walked in the house of his Egyptian master. Joseph's master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made everything he did successful. Potiphar liked Joseph so much that he made him his trusted servant. He put him in charge of his household and everything he owned. He said, from that time on, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's household because of Joseph. Therefore, the Lord's blessing was on everything Potiphar owned in his house and in his field. So he left all that he owned to Joseph's care. He wasn't concerned about anything except the food that he ate. Joseph was well-built and handsome. It's very clear to us that Joseph's success was the fact that the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. So even his master, I mean, he was a servant but he had the Lord with him. So it wasn't, it wasn't a matter of, um, oh, Joseph was successful because Joseph was working in the field or Joseph was working in the house. He says, anywhere you put him, he'll be successful. So they put him in the field, blossom. They said, okay, maybe because the people that are working with him in the field are, are well, are built and all that. They took him from the field and put him in the house. They put him in the house, blossom. So anywhere, so the man realized that, hey, it is not where we put this guy. It is the guy. So sharp guy, he said, okay, I'll make you in charge of everything. And then he became in charge of everything and then everything began to prosper. So it wasn't about where we put him. It was him himself. So it was irrelevant where it was placed. It was him. Look at verse 21. He said, while Joseph was in prison, the Lord was with him. So some people say, ah, no, it's because of the circumstance that I am in. That's why. No, 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 no. He was in prison, but the Lord was with him. Some people say, no, you don't understand. It's, it's the way my background is. It's the way. No, 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 no. What could be worse than somebody being in prison? I say, no, you don't understand. It's, it's where I came from. Where, we, where, we, where I came from, we don't usually travel abroad, you know. Nobody has traveled abroad. The, 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 the testimony I was given about David Victory, when he called me from Cyprus, he said, Pastor, I have never flown on an airplane before. Not even local. And the first time he would was international. Because of grace that has been released on him. Say the Lord was with him. Look verse 22. 
So the warden placed Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in that prison. Joseph became responsible for everything they were doing. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and made whatever he did successful. So it had nothing to do whether he was in prison. It had nothing to do with his background. Nothing. It was the fact that he recognized that I have a God with me that will walk with me and for me wherever I am. Wherever I am. Wherever I am. I've always said that it's, it has nothing to do with our background at all. Never. Each time we experience lack or difficulty or we experience situations where we, we, it seems that we cannot move forward or achieve the things that we want to achieve, I always look at three things. There are three things that, that, that I, I see that limits people in this area. One of them is that we failed the test of being creative. We failed the test of being creative. Creative in the sense that we cannot sit down and think and come up with this, an idea that can add value to the lives of people. And then the second one is service. We fail the test of service. So if we say that, hey, okay, um, um, I don't have anything doing. It's, it's really not true. Because if you are creative, you will find something from creativity. And then if you are service conscious, you will look for how to deliver service to someone. And then the third one is humility. If you're humble, you will go to someone and say, look, can I do this thing for you free? Even if it's to wash your car. Let me do it for you free. You don't, you're, not, you're not bothered about, oh, my status. My status. No. When people lack and people cannot achieve the things they want to achieve, look out, those, one of those three things is missing. Either they're not being creative or they don't have a service that they are offering, even if it's for free, or they are not humble. So if you look around you and you find that, hey, you're lacking in one area. I met, I, met, I was talking with someone one day. He said he was shocked. We were driving together and was talking. He said there was a man who, who came around him. He, he got into one keke somewhere around Padakot here. And then this man and himself, they got talking. And then he found out that the man had lost his job. But, and he was like, why are you now riding this? Okay, he said, said the guy, you don't understand. He now parked beside one car. He said, see that car? is my car. He said, huh? And you're riding keke? He said, you don't understand. That car is my car. I'll take the car in the morning, drop my kids at school, park the car, enter my keke, and be driving. He said, it's paying my bills. But some people will not be humble enough to say, how can I? After working in the bank for 20 years, now be driving keke up and down. And you, you fail to understand that you fail the test of humility. So you will lack. You will lack and you will suffer hunger and want. So there's creativity. If you cannot create an idea and you cannot serve people and you cannot be humble enough, there's nothing God wants to do with you again. Because those are the three things that God will give to you to solve any problem that you, that you have. Those are the three things. 
So if you find somebody who says, oh, I've been looking for a job for the past three years. I just turned my ears away. You're not looking for a job. You are not. You are not. You are just being stupid. Say, I've been looking for a job for the past three years. It's so hard. What's so hard in it? Have you gone to meet someone and said, let me serve you for free? It says there is profit in every labor. It doesn't say there is salary. So when you labor, you will profit. You profit. You profit. And there's a popular scripture we read all the time. And we, we use it as a consolation. He said, Isaac sowed in the land. And in the same year, he reaped the hundredfold. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? Do you know what it means to sow in a famine? The Bible says there was famine in the land. But God told him, don't go, stay here. So when God tells him, stay here, creativity sets in. How do I plant where there is famine? And he begins to think and do research. What crops can I plant where there is famine? What crops will require minimal water to grow? And that I can make profit from? That is research, study. So we just look at it. Isaac sold in the land and he was a farmer. What he sold was crops. But the Bible said there was famine in the land. So that's creativity. But we don't, we look at it on the outside. Isaac sold in the land and in the same year, he ripped a hundredfold. One, at whose instruction? God. So he engineered the human spirit and design that God has put in him. And the voice of God ran with that voice, sold in the land, asked questions, did research. How can this crop grow? Where everybody else could not. Because he had God on his side, he did that. And in the same year, he reaped. He reaped. Why? He, he engineered his spirituality to deliver a natural occurrence. Then CNN called him. The CNN is you and I now that are asking, ah, Isaac so did a lot. And the whole world is looking to him. The whole world is looking to him. He planted crops. It was crops he planted. He became so wealthy and so prosperous that Abimelech said to him, he said, go. You are bigger than us now. So you are more powerful than us. So he moved away. If you read from verse, verse 14 downwards. So Isaac moved away. He set up his tents in, in, in Gera Valley and lived there. He dug down the wells that had been, had been uh, dug during his father's Abraham lifetime. Then the Philistines came again and then they filled those wells. His servants dug the well and then they filled it. They said there was quarrel with them and all that. They said the water is ours. It's not ours. It's ours. It's not, it's okay, no problem. I dug the well. I leave it for you. That's the change I'm talking about. So he knows that the change is not from outside. It's not by digging well. It's that anywhere I dig, water will come out. It's not by digging well. Because he knows that that change did not come from outside. It came from inside. It came from inside. So it's sustainable. It's a sustainable change. It's a sustainable change. 
The Bible said they dug another well. And they quarreled with that one over to. So Isaac named it Sitna, accusation. And he moved on from there and dug another well. He said they didn't quarrel over this one. So he named it Rehoboth, Rumi, and said, Now the Lord has made room for us. I think that the people got tired. They said, Look, it's not about the well. Let's not waste our time. It's about this man. Anywhere he digs the well, water will come out. I want to believe that they got tired. They got tired. They got tired. Glory to God. Each time we fail as believers to engage all the resources of heaven, to harness greatness for the benefit of humanity, and science delivers in this space, we argue that it cannot be from God. When we fail as believers to harness the resources of heaven, to deliver outcomes that will benefit humanity, and then science now goes ahead to do it. We begin to argue that, oh, it cannot be from God. It cannot be from God. All good and perfect gifts come from God. It can start as an intuition of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can just put a thought in you. Why not do it this way? Why not do it that way? And you just take the step and say, okay, I think I can do it this way. And then before you know it, the thing has blown. Just imagine a world where we as believers, we engage our full potential in Christ. Do you know what will happen? Great things will happen. Great things. That's how we access creativity. Ask anybody. Ask superstars. The people you are, you are looking at as superstars. If they tell you what they go through. The musicians. If they tell you what they go through. Some of them, the height they will get to. There is a height you will get to in success that you cannot but enter some spiritual realms. But we have been as believers on a platter of gold. Someone was telling me something about one person who, who got so popular and then the, the Illuminati cult invited her and said, look, you're rising too fast. You have to come join us. And then she said no. And then because she wasn't strong, she died. She wasn't, probably she wasn't a believer or she wasn't uh, that strong in the faith. And then she died. These things happen. There are certain levels you get to in life. They will approach you. They will approach you. Many of us know Dr. Case P.A. that was here um, during the, the, the inaugural service. He's, he's, a, he's a chancellor in, in Mushin local government. He was telling me, he said, Pastor Joel, it's not, it's not easy like that. Though. They approached him. He wasn't governor. He's not president. Just chancellor. He said they approached him that come and join us if you want to succeed. He spoke with his friend 3 a.m. By 6 a.m. His friend has died. He said, if, he said can I, if I tell you charms and things that they've been doing, he said because he just holds on to his faith and he makes sure that he's strong in his faith. So there are certain levels we get to in life. If you really want to make impact, these things are in the realm of the spirit. We pull them down. We pull them down. They're there. Certain musicians will tell you that, hey, before they had their music break, if you see where they went to. It's true. Ask Olorioko. 
We're all screaming and shouting, Oloriko, Oloriko. If they tell you what they went through to get just that one song that is a hit, they were at Redeem Camp, they were praying and fasting for days until idea dropped. And once the idea dropped, Oloriko, it became a hit all over the world. And then we just sit down and think that, oh, I claim it, I have it, I claim it, I have it. I claim. Come on. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. You access the realm of the spirit. We have it on a platter of gold. We have it. Before we started this church, we're praying every week for one year. One year. Every week we're praying. One year. Sometimes it will just be only me. In my sitting room, kneel down, lift up my hands. God, this church. Things don't just happen like that. Things don't just happen. Things don't just happen. Mr. Ayuo called me today and was telling me, Pastor, I don't understand. What did I do to deserve all this? And then it was, it was in tears. What did I do to deserve all this? He said, I'm just seeing favor of God from every angle. Favor of God from every angle. People just coming out to do things for him. From every angle. Every angle. And I remember the day he, he called me the first time he, he passed by this place and saw our banner. December 2018. And he said to me, I want to start the new year with a new church. He said, I'm tired. He said, I'm tired. He said, my family and I have been through a lot. I said, well, we just started in September 2018. We're a new church. He said, I feel that this is the church. So I went to see him at home and his wife. Saw them, discussed with them. And then he was in tears telling me the things they've been through. Many things, painful things. And I said to him, I said, I don't know when it will change. But I know it will change. I don't know the time, but I know it will change. Because I know the God that I serve. And then he would come to church. He says, I just want to serve. And then he would come, listen, and listen, and listen, and listen, and listen. One particular day, he sat there after the service himself and his wife. And then he said to me, Pastor, we are tired. I said, listen to me. A time will come when it will be back to back. And you will not be able to handle it. When that time comes, I don't know. But I'm telling you a time will come. He said, he said to me today, he said, Pastor, you said it. And then he was crying. He said, you said it. And he was crying. And tears just filled my eyes. I'm like, God, you're a faithful God. You're a faithful God. Many of us don't know. His wife whether she's in church or not on a Sunday, she prepares the snacks for the guests. I don't know about it. I don't bother I don't think about it. I don't think about it. Because they're looking at, no. They need to engage in the realm of the spirit to cause a change to happen. To cause a change to happen. You can't engage the supernatural and then God will not show up for you. Someone called him and said, 
what do you want me to do for you? He said, okay, I need this, I need this catering equipment. He said, it's done. The man sent it from Germany to him. After he sent it and he got it, he said, what else do you want from me? He, didn't, he doesn't know him. He just did a service to him. Service. He said, okay, I need, I need a laptop and I, I need a better phone. He said, okay. He said, he said he was trying to explain to the man, okay, so there's HP, there's Dell. The man said, what do you mean? I will give you an Apple laptop and an, and an iPhone. And then he said to me, he said, Pastor, what have I done to deserve this? He said, God is embarrassing me. He was supposed to travel to, the, to, to, to Lagos for his, to, to go to the German embassy. He was thinking to go by road. His boss called him and said, what are you saying? Here's your flight ticket. Send the flight ticket to and fro. He said, what did I do? What did I do, pastor? What did I do? I said, it's the God you serve. We have something we don't know. We are, we are too complacent as believers. Look out for this movie. I watched it some time ago. It's called Limitless. It's about a man who science, um, the scientists, they, uh, they, they came up with a pill. That pill, when you take it, it gives you heightened ability to do things that you think you cannot do before. You are thinking, you know science tells us that we don't use up to 10% of our brain to think right now. That if we use up to 20 or 30% of our brain to think, we'll be walking through walls naturally. That's how powerful the human spirit is. When I watched that movie, I, I concluded that that is the supernatural. That is who God created us to be. Science is only telling us, discovering it and telling us that if we express who we really are, it says, Enoch um, 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 walked with God and was not. What do you think that means? He got into a realm of the spirit where he can no longer relate with natural people anymore. And then God has said, you, you, you've transcended this realm. Come, 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 come. Everything has a next level. Everything. So what we need to do as believers is to begin to look for the imperfections in what already exists and engineer our human spirit and access the supernatural to deliver to humanity the next level for that thing. And if we look at it long enough, we will find that next level. Find it. You say, ah, they've done everything. No. There's a Facebook. There's another Facebook. There's another internet. There's another technology. But somebody needs to get into that space and bring it out. If we don't as believers, science will bring it up. And then we will pay value for it. So what God is saying to us, develop your creativity. Change. This is the change you want to see outside, but it is inside. Let it start from inside. Let it come from within. When it comes from within, it becomes permanent. Nobody can take it from you. Rise to your feet. It becomes permanent.
Lift your hands to heaven. I don't know where you think that God has called you to. But tonight, make a commitment. Make a commitment to force a change, a permanent change. I'm not, I'm not looking for, for people who just want uh, just some temporary kind of change around you. Oh, once we get that car, we have arrived. Once we get that, no. We're looking for a change that is permanent. A change that will benefit humanity. Beyond you, ideas and thoughts that will change a system, shape culture, how people think, how people behave, how people react. Change the way we live. Thoughts that will revolutionize our very existence. That's what we have as believers. And it's inside us. It's not on the outside. It's inside. It has to come out. Lift your hands to heaven. Father, delivered your word. Let this word go forth. And produce the desired results in the lives of every hearer. I ask in the name of Jesus. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is. There's power.